What's going on? Reverend Q here. Back with another episode. Faith Talk. Let's go. What's going on? Hey, Reverend Q. I'm back with another episode. And listen, we're going to jump right into it. Oh, man, it's been so much going on. Uh, so first off, uh, I would just like to take the moment to use my platform to um, share share my thoughts and and my insight on the Jaw Morant incident, and it kind of it's kind of going to segue into our topic for the day. You know, I've been asked, and I've asked others. Now, what do you think about the whole situation with John Morant? So if you don't know, John Morant, NBA star for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, has been in a few incidents that's not shedding him in a good light. Um, he's, it's reported he had an incident with a 17-year-old kid, and he made the gesture of his fingers of Pulling a gun on him. He had a Instagram live one Saturday where he flashing a little gun in it. Um, just that whole persona of violence and gun violence and everything else that you know. But I I I, I had to I had to heart back on. You know, I've I've been following sports. I love sports. And I remember an interview that uh, Charles Barkley had. And he asked, you know, they was asked about athletes being looked upon as role models. And, you know, Charles said, Charles said it. I'm not a role model. He said, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a talented guy who's playing in a, a professional league that's televised. And who kid, who people look up to, but it's not what I asked for. So some I asked the question, do they have a responsibility because they are indirectly role models? Do they have a responsibility to be more conscious of the things that they do and say because someone's looking up to them? I asked, like I said, I've asked people, some say uh, the suspension, two games, five games. I heard various reports, but some say it's, it's enough. Some say it's not enough. You know, but ultimately, I think it's sad. Um, young man of his age and talent given a golden opportunity to be an ambassador and a, a role model, whether he chose it or not. That's 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 the profession he is in in the world we live in, and I know some are saying that, you know, this is the lifestyle he grew up in, and this in Memphis, and, and but others are saying that he grew up in the nice part, and he has a kind of family of money, and he he's not about the life which he's portraying. I don't know which is true. I don't know the man personally. I didn't grow up with the man, but I know the situation too well. 
And sometimes, whether you are on a national stage or just in your local community or in your friend circle, sometimes the pressure for people to portray a lifestyle that's not who they are, it causes them to lose their way. And one thing I know, when you lose your way sometimes, it's hard to get back. It's hard to get back. And so that, it really segues into my topic and my conversation today. Because I'm titling this podcast, I Lost My Way. You know, it, it, it just, it hurts my heart when I watch young people and older people, people in general, but specifically young people who just get so engulfed in trying to portray a lifestyle because it's because they think it's going to provide them with some type of gratification or some type of notoriety or some, it's just going to, it provides them a level of importance. And it's sad, y'all. I mean, you may have been this person or you may know someone, but it's sad when you, know somebody, or even if it's you, you you look up one day and you realize I'm tired of pretending or tired of portraying something that I'm not. You know, I don't think we really value the depth that and the cost we have sometimes when we lose some stuff. You know, see, we all have experienced the loss of a loved one. Some of us have experienced the loss of material things, the loss of valuables, the loss of items. But, you know, I don't think we pay enough attention to the cost that we pay sometimes losing ourselves. You know, you may sit back and realize and say, over time, through your grieving, you you get better with dealing with the loss of a loved one, the loss of a loved one. But is it okay? Do you ever get over losing yourself or losing certain pieces that made you who you are? And see, what I'm saying is it's, it's a group of individuals who sits back and reflect on what they call their best years. If you ever know somebody who's always talking about their past and reflections, they always speak on moments in the 
you know, what they consider the good old days or the good time. But have have you ever noticed that sometimes none of those reflections represent who they are or the things that they have accomplished recently? Like if like if you are over 40 and all you could talk about are the times when you were in your 20s or 30s, you know, you have to ask yourself, have I not created moments in my life recently that I'm a that I'm proud of, that I that I wanna that I reflect on, that I use as motivation to keep going? I lost my way. Some people that life has took so many pieces away. It's like every tragedy, every situation just took chunk by chunk. It chipped away at the character, the person, the personality. It chipped away at it. And now you're sitting there wondering, how do I get back to where I once was? You know, it's just like, you know, everybody's on a, a, a weight loss journey. Everybody goes through this phase where they decide, I want to be a healthier me. I want to have a, a healthier lifestyle. And the journey is so, and I tell people, I, I've been on my weight loss journey since 2016. And I used to post and post pictures because I was proud of it. I, I, I was I was feeling like I was accomplishing something that was great, and I wanted to use it to motivate others. But as you do that, you had to start wanting. You know, the, most people tell you like weight loss journey. You're gonna have seasons where you grind it out so hard, you're dropping the weight, you're losing inches, you're toning up, you're looking good. People start noticing. They compliment you. They're saying, hey, man, you're looking good. You start noticing. But then you get so consumed with trying to keep those, keep everybody noticing. You, you, you become so consumed with people constantly giving you compliments on it that when they don't say anything because your new look has become normal to them, they don't say anything anymore. We, you start looking in the mirror wondering, am I getting that weight back? Am, am I losing something? Am I, am I losing my touch? It, it don't seem like, because see, when you, I was over, and most people don't believe it. But I tell people all the time, like, I, trust me, I carried it. I know. 2016, I was over 400 something pounds. I was a big boy. And the crazy thing about it, this is how, and now this, this is so, you know, God is awesome. So the crazy thing about it is 2016 was a life-changing season for me. I had went through a period of working multiple jobs and I wasn't taking care of myself. I allowed the job to stress me out. And because I was working in the airport, 
the late night shift, getting off at midnight, go home, get a little sleep, go to my other job at 3 a.m. I'm not resting. I was I was eating late, sitting up on it. I wasn't being I didn't have no, you know, physical, wasn't going to the gym. I was just matriculating this weight. And my body started telling me. My knees were hurt, my back were hurt. I, I just, but you know, you look at yourself and you tell yourself, I carry it so well. But some I I but I, 2016, January 9th. It was the first time I did my initial sermon. I had accepted my call in the ministry. I walked away from my job. And I, even though I felt I was walking into something that God had called me to do, it was still one of the times of my life where everywhere else in my life, I felt like I had lost my way. I had walked away from this job who was my primary source of income, and now here I was faced with working multiple part-times. I didn't have a plan. I had bills to pay, and now I'm claiming to go into this new assignment, this new calling, and trusting God that he has called me to preach the gospel. And my initial sermon was coming up. And though, and the only good thing in my life at that time was the fact that I felt good and I felt that this was what I was supposed to be doing. I felt like I finally was making the decision that had a purpose in my life. Everything else in my life was disarray. I mean, I'm... I'm dealing with health issues that no one knew about. I'm dealing with pain, swelling, nobody knew about. I'm constantly going to the doctor, but now I'm out of a job. I don't have insurance. I can't go to my doctor anymore. I'm fighting through daily situations, stressing, financial problems. But the only bright spot was that I believe that God had told me and called me into ministry. And now I felt like I was doing something meaningful in my life. I lost my way, y'all. I preached my initial sermon. And I got up there. A ball of nerves. But so full of prayer. And so full of prayer. I said, God, you're going to have to help me get through this. And afterwards, you know, someone took a picture. And I look back at I keep that picture. I looked at that picture. And I said, I had a, it was a chapel full of people supporting, sharing love from my church, my family. People had come from all over. And they was there to help and support me in this moment. And I looked at that picture. I keep that picture. And I finally saw that I but though I had a smile on my face, though I was so excited and loving all the compliments and the, 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 the gratification and loving all the act, loving everything in that moment, I'm sitting in a, with a smile on my face, but I was destroying myself on the inside because I 
was killing my body. And I let me tell you, I never told anybody. But the night before, God told, I said, Lord, I just want to be effective and to do what you have called and ordained me to do. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to do this, I need you to help me get my life back on track. I was a mess physically, emotionally, mentally. I lost my way. But I started my journey to restoration by aligning myself up spiritually first. Listen, I don't care what people say and what you think. You cannot make it in this world alone. And I know I can't make you I can't force you. All I can do is encourage you and tell you having a relationship with God is the best decision I have ever made because there are times where I felt myself. I, I felt I was losing myself. I felt that I had lost me. I, lo I lost my way. I lost my focus. And all I could do I had no one else to talk to because people sometimes don't understand because they never experienced it. it it's listen, the 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 fact that so everybody can't counsel you, everybody can't help you because they never experienced it. This is why I teach, I preach, I talk about faith. So much because when I tell you, faith is the only way I got back. I lost my way. But because the faith I had, because of the faith I had in God, knowing that the man that came and found me, the, the God that came. And saw me. He looked at this young man. And though I was destroying myself physically. Though I wasn't mentally right where I was supposed to be. I, 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 was, a, uh, I was a mess y'all. My faith. Helped me find my way back. And I have been on my weight loss journey for years. Ups and downs. But I am in one of the best state and shapes that I have been in a long time. I'm still on the journey. I still have ways to go. I still have work to do. But I have a goal. I have a path. I have a guide in the Holy Spirit that when I feel like I'm waving and when I feel like I'm losing sight, of what I'm supposed to be focused on, God always sent a reminder to me to put me back on track. One of 
listen, and I'm closing with this. Anybody know me? I really focus my a lot of my sermons around the story of young David. And the reason this is is because I can identify with young David. Because listen, David was just a shepherd's boy. David was just tending to the sheep. When Samuel came, Samuel, the Lord sent him to the house of Jesse to tell him that's where the next king is. His father didn't believe him. His brothers didn't believe in him. The king Saul didn't even believe in him. People looked at him and put him in a box. They had no faith in what he could. But all David was concerned about was at the task at hand. We don't know how David may have felt. We don't know if he felt like he was overlooked. We don't know what was going on with him. But all David was concerned about was doing what he was assigned to do. And in that season, he was just assigned to tend to the sheep. But even when challenges came, listen, even when challenges came that no one else knew about, he didn't run out and tell people. He didn't run out. And boast about it. All he did is what he knew. Because David said. When the lion and the bear came. To get those sheep. He knew he had. To do what he had to do. But he could do it. Because he knew the Lord was with him always. This is why. When the moment came. As God was positioning him. Even through all that he went through. God was positioning him. Based off of faith, God was positioning him to be able to be shown on a larger scale, a larger a platform for everybody to see just how much faith David had. When David told his father, I'm going down here to tend to my brothers, he went down to find these strong and, and, and big guys cowering, afraid of this giant. But little David was not afraid of Goliath. And they laughed at him. They chest out and they told him, you can't face this giant. You're not a warrior. You haven't had any training. You don't have no armor. David said, I just need what I've always had. And that is God. Listen to me when I tell you, you can lose your way, but God will make every crooked Street, straight. Every crooked line, he will straighten it up. Every dry desert, he will put an overflow. God can help you get back. All you have to do is keep your faith with him. Keep your faith in God. I lost my way. But just like David, when I got to my Goliath, I was not afraid because God had been with me. God has been with me through every small thing to every big thing. And he has been with me since the beginning. And for that, I know he is always with me. And with the Lord on my side, anything is possible. Listen, if I leave you with anything, if you feel that you have lost yourself through the pandemic, through trials and tribulations, some of you are in your storms right now. You feel like 
pieces. Life is taking pieces away from you. You lost your way. But lean on God. Lean on his promises. Lean on his word. Build your faith. And know that God is with you. Always. Thank you.